Welcome to Central Christian Church. My name is Michael, and I get the honor of serving as our Youth and Community Engagement Director. I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas, and I hope that your holiday was filled with joy. And uh, we just finished our series, The Gifts, here at Central, just kind of talking about the indescribable gift of Jesus to our lives and kind of just the gift of peace, the gift of his presence, and the gift of his changed life with him. And as I started to think about this in my own life and preparing for this message, I couldn't help but reflect over the year of 2021 and who God's been in my life and the things that have happened. And I'm sure just like you, I've experienced highs and lows and uh, uncertainties and confusion and great moments of joy and all the things that come with life, right? And as I move forward, I can't help but see God a little bit more and more in the midst of all those things. But I'll be honest, um, as my journey has developed as a follower of Jesus. I've had dreams that God has spoken to over my life and things that I felt like God would do. Uh, things of saying 1.7 million people come to know Jesus or high schools all across the Bay Area reached with the gospel. And 2021 has been one thing that's maybe made those dreams seem a little less real, a little less doable, a little less uh, so reachable. Uh, some of those dreams have felt crushed and just gone. And honestly, um, I just have had moments where I just don't know. But as I, as I started to think more and more about it, I, I began to ask God the question uh, of how can I do this? How can I continue to contend for these things that you have put before me? And so I hope to kind of uh, just jump right in right here, right now, and, and talk about how we would do that. And um, I kind of felt like God said this as I was praying I was praying into one specific thing in my life, but I feel like this kind of thing is going to allow me to, to bring into every season of my life from here on out. And I felt like God said, fight for what you want and invest in what you need. Now that can go a whole lot of ways. But as I started to think of that, I started thinking of this word contending. And the truth is good things require work. And championship teams don't just go into their season and just hope for the best, right? And I'm a big hockey fan, and uh, there was a year where the Pittsburgh Penguins, they actually came into San Jose, and they won a Stanley Cup. And they did an interview with the head coach of the team, and basically right after that interview, they said, when does the next season start? And he says, it starts right now. You see, championship teams don't just let that one victory make them think, okay, we got it next year. They get to the gym right away, and they start preparing for the following year. It's hours in the gym, hours of sacrifice inconveniences, roadblocks, and, and moments of joy and moments of victory. And as I start to think of anyone who might be listening to this and, and all the people that I've talked to throughout the year, I start to think of dreams that God has maybe put in your heart. Dreams that God would uh, find your son as he's looking and, and wanting to understand about life or, or perhaps that, that God wants to heal your sister or or perhaps God wants every high school student to know Jesus or whatever it might be. I want you to put yourself uh, in this kind of mindset of like, what has God spoken to you? And perhaps you felt a similar way as I have felt over the last year or so, as that maybe these dreams are too far off. And I think many people of faith, many people in the scriptures felt a similar way. I think of guys like Noah and Abraham and Jesus himself. But I can't help but think about what the Bible says about contending. And so in Jude 1.3, it says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, 
I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to all the saints. And so all the people, the faith that was given to guys like Noah, guys like Moses, guys like Abraham, is that same faith that, that we can have. And so what does contend mean? Contend is the meeting of effort by effort, striving against opposition, sometimes physically as in battle. And I love that it says effort by effort, because it doesn't just requiring us to hope for it. So over the next few minutes, I'm going to give you guys some takeaways. And we as a church, we're heading into 21 days of prayer and fasting in the new year. And often what happens in those times, we kind of get to just realign with what God has spoken to us, realign uh, with our walk with him. And I feel like in those moments, a lot of times breakthrough comes. And so in this, this next few moments, I want to give you three keys that hopefully you can take with you uh, as you go into your prayer and fasting. And there are three, three keys to help you contend for the dreams in your heart. And the first thing that we got to do is pray specifically. Now, we're going to look through kind of um, the, the ministry of Paul in some ways. And Paul was a man who people would say that was too far gone. He was a man who persecuted Christians. He was a man who, who people would say, oh, no, there's no way that God could encounter him. But in a moment at a road, he meets Jesus and, and his life is changed. And he starts running after the ways of God. And he starts seeing real change in his life. And Paul was a man who took real action. And I love what he writes to in the book of Colossians. And what he's writing to is a group of people who experienced false teachings and practices. And they were influenced by saints who were threatening their faith. And this is what he says to them. He says, we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. I love that, it, that, that what he's talking to is something very specific. He's not just saying, oh, God, get rid of those people who are uh, in their way. Get, get rid of the things threatening them. He's, he's asking for knowledge through wisdom and understanding. And I love that grow up to be fully mature. This leads us to have great endurance and patience in the midst of the things that would, would keep us from our dreams, keep us from what God has for us. And so notice that what he's contending for is that they will grow up to be fully mature spiritually because they needed supernatural wisdom and understanding. They needed to know God's will for their lives and, and they needed to live a life worthy of who they are in Jesus. You see, they needed to bear fruit or see wonderful results from their efforts. And their knowledge of God was what was going to help them grow in their faith and grow in their walk. And it wasn't just an aimless thing that, that Paul was doing. He was speaking a specific request, and he specifically asked this of God. And sometimes I feel like we as people just kind of ask the wrong things to God. And I love what the Bible says about that in James 4.3. It says, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions. Sometimes we, we come to God and, and we say, hey, I need you to do this. And it's for our own gain. And maybe you're asking God to change your circumstance right now. 
Maybe things have been really hard and, and you're just like, man, I just wish it would stop. I just wish you could change this. You would change my circumstance. But, but what you don't know is God has got something better for you. And what you need to pray for is strength to endure or hope to look forward or faith that God will come through. And perhaps you need to pay, pray for peace to enjoy the process. See, our prayers ought to be specific. Now, I was kind of just in a little season where uh, I was experiencing moments where I was like, God, I, I just don't know. Or, or I, I was feeling kind of confused. And, and really, I just needed a moment of rest. And I needed to get real with God. And so um, in this time, I had um, someone give me its soul so I can get real specific and start to dissect areas of my life. And so over the last few months, I've been doing this kind of um, prayer exercise. It's called a prayer of examine, but it's more of a prayer tool for you. And I want to give that to you and kind of just share what I've been doing. And so the first thing I do is I kind of acknowledge God's presence that is already with us. And so basically I sit there and I say, God, um, I'm just so thankful that you joined me today. I think I'm thankful that I don't have to do this life alone. I'm thankful that that I don't have to be all alone driving to work. I don't have to do my job alone. I don't have to be with my family alone, that you are with me always. And then I start to kind of review my day and period or whatever season I'm in, in thankfulness. And I literally start thanking God for everything. I said, God, thank you that I woke up this morning in a bed. I thank you that I have an amazing family who pushes me closer to you. I'm thankful for the times that I get to drive to work and spend with you. I'm thankful for a, a, a church team who believes in the things that I believe in, that believes that 1.7 million people can come to know you. God, I thank you for Central Christian Church. I thank you for this youth group that I get to be a part of. I thank you for every student, and I list them name by name. I thank you for Sean and his heart. I thank you for, for Cassidy and and. and and the knowledge that she has for you. I thank you for Savannah. I thank you for Joel. I thank you for Jonathan. And I start to thank God for every single person that comes. And it's in those moments that I start to begin to build faith in my heart. And then honestly, I just start to reflect and identify areas of highs and lows. Any moments of connection or disconnection. And really, this is the time where um, I get to figure out the things that, that sucked about the day. Um, I don't know about you, but I never dreamed of being a youth pastor. I never wanted to sit with a bunch of smelly kids. Just kidding, they don't all smell. But I never wanted to really do that, and it was never my desire. And so there's moments where it's hard, but I love it, I'll be honest. It's one of my greatest joys. But it's in this time that I say, God, like it's been super hard. I don't know if what I said is sticking. I don't know if what we're, we're doing is here. And it's in those moments where I get to kind of hone in deeper. And God begins to reveal things to me. He starts to say like one or two things. Well, Michael, it just seems hard because they're, they're young. It's like you're at an age now where you want them to get it. And it's just, it'll take time. Or he'll say something else like, man, it's because you don't have enough belief for it. And he starts to reveal things that, 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 that uh, I thought I had problems with. And he starts to give me solutions for those. And so I hone in deeper on those things and think about them more and and as I, I close that, I usually look forward to the next day. And I invite God, uh, the Holy Spirit, to keep ministering through the details of the things that I just discovered in this exercise that I did. And in this time, it's allowed me to get real specific with God. I'm not just coming in and saying, God, I'm hard and I need you to do something. 
I'm coming in and I'm saying, God, it's hard and I, and I need you to give me the answers and I want to understand what's going on. I need to understand what's going on. And it's in those moments that I get specific with God that he gets specific with me. And so we need to pray specifically. And just as Paul was very specific, we need to be the same way. But we can't just stop there. We can't just stop and, and pray and say, that's it. We got to put in the work. And so the next thing we got to do is that you have to do what you can to see it happen. You see, contending isn't a sideline sport. It requires real action. It requires us to get in the game and play as we learn. And we can't just sit by passively and sit back and wait. We need to have kind of like a fighter's mentality. We need to train for each obstacle. We need to build faith for what's to come. And I love what pa Paul does in his whole life. It's like Paul has a choice to just sit there in the, in the midst of a prison cell and be like, oh, my life sucks. Oh my gosh, this is horrible. They bring me nasty food and, and almost just pity, pity me. But no, what he does is he sits there and he, and he takes action. What he does is, is he starts to write a letter. And this time, that was his kind of action. And Paul's writing a letter and he's giving them teachings and instructions to help them grow into full maturity. He's not just saying, hey, the thing that I pray for you, I'm just going to hope God for. He says, man, I'm going to do what I can to get you there. You know, if we're unemployed in, in, in this season of our life, we can't just sit and hope for a job. We can't just sit there and think, oh, well, if I hope and keep hoping, it's going to come. We kind of actually got to take real action, right? Sometimes maybe you could be sitting there and someone could come up to you and say, hey, uh, I want to tell you about a cool opportunity that I have for you. And you're either going to leave that conversation joining the Navy or selling Tupperware for the rest of your life. And I know that's kind of a funny thing to think about, but, but most often than not, for us to get the dream job that we want, it requires us doing something about it. It requires us uh, creating a cover letter, a resume, upgrading that, and, 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 and getting real strategic with the words that we use. It requires us uh, figuring out who would be the right reference for us. Or filling out application after application and, and telling people uh, um, on a scale of one to five, we really do like people. You know, it, it requires us doing all the things that we have to do. Failed interview after failed interview. Um, and it, with the ultimate hope of receiving an offer letter to that job. We don't just sit there and wait for it to happen. And so I love that, like Paul puts in the work. And I love what the Bible says about putting in work. In James 2, 14 through 17, it says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have work? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it is, does not have works, is dead. I want you to imagine yourself going uh, to the store, right? And you walk by someone who says they're hungry. And you look them in the eyes and you say, be warmed and filled. That doesn't change their circumstance. They're still hungry. And not only that, it's an awkward thing that you just did. And so what happens is you have to go, you have to one, ask them, say, hey, man, what can I get you? And sometimes maybe they'll be like, hey, uh, anything will do. And so you go inside and, 
Maybe you go to McDonald's and, and you come out with a nasty Big Mac and, and you hand it to them. And, and it's that food and that action that you took that actually feeds their soul. And, and often um, we have to do those things. There's this man named Noah in the Bible. And if you don't know the story of Noah, we're just going to kind of summarize it. But basically, he's told that he has to build an ark and that a big rain is coming and he needs to get two of each animal, a male and female, and get them onto the ark and he gets to save himself and save his family and basically save the rest of the world as a result of that. And now he really doesn't know what he's doing and so he's given instructions on how to build this ark and so he starts hacking away at it. People think he's crazy. But what happens if, if Noah's prompted to build the ark and he just hopes for it? That, that he was told to do it and he just goes to bed every night and he says, man, I hope that there's an ark tomorrow. I hope, I hope that there's a bunch of animals on there tomorrow. Hope itself is not going to do what God told him to do. And the, and the man was a farmer and he planted a vineyard and he really had no authority other than a dream that God gave him to do what everyone else thought was crazy. A dream that was so outlandish, but it started with a word that the, the Bible uses as he was a man who had favor. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 8, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. And so what is favor? Favor of God can be described as a divine kindness or an act of true compassion on the part of God himself. Towards needy people kind of like us, uh, people who, who don't deserve it. And that kind of favor gives us eternal life. It gives us peace. It gives us the gift of his presence and the gift of a changed life. And it gives us all the things that we've been talking about over the last few weeks. And some of the basic ways that we can uh, do what we have to to see this happen is by going back to the basics. You see, fundamentals are kind of key in sports. Now, athletes don't just only um, sit there and hope that they could win the game. They go back to the basics. They go back to running daily, weightlifting, isolated muscles, studying playbooks, um, and doing those plays over and over and over again with their team with the ultimate goal of getting a victory. And we got to do the same. Sometimes we just got to go back to the basics. And sometimes we just got to invest in what we need. And what we need, honestly, is to be a part of a family, to be a part of a church. And so one of the things that I want to say is that you can invest in what's going on here, right at our church. You see, we got a bunch of different groups that you can join. You don't have to do life alone. Maybe you have different questions. Well, there's so many people here who have experienced things who can help you out. And all it takes is you joining a group, joining a family, studying the word with other people. Or you can even serve the youth group. Maybe getting in the midst of, of teenagers and learning it will, will, will help you grow. Right now we're in the need of a, a female leader and, and maybe, maybe God would be calling you to be that person who invests in the next generation. Or perhaps God is saying, why don't you be a little bit more consistent on Sundays and, and joining us here online or in person. And one of the other things that you can invest in and what you need is yourself. By just just reading the word daily or praying daily and seeking God's heart for San Jose daily. The last thing you can, can do is maybe invest in your city. 
And one of the ways that we do that here at Central is, is, is by going out locally and, and serving our community by bringing groceries. We have this thing called Serve the City, and, and it's simply a, a group of 10 of us or so who, who go and hand out food with no agenda other than to invest in the people around us. we got to invest in what we need. And you see, one of the ways you can do that is by just investing in yourself, investing in this church, and investing in your city. And lastly, the thing that we ought to do is to fight without giving up. See, there's many dreams and, and things that have been in our hearts for so long. And often we have that moment where we're like, oh, I should just throw in the towel. Or maybe this, was God's, this wasn't God's plan for me. And when I think of the life of Paul, I'm reminded of a moment in 2 Corinthians where Paul is boasting. And he starts boasting about his suffering and he goes on to list all the bad things that have happened to him in his ministry. And Paul talks about the difficult things he endured just to see what he was contending for. He talks about being in prison or how he's been flogged, how he's been stoned, shipwrecked, falsely accused. He's been in danger. Yeah, how he was hungry, cold, thirsty, naked. And Paul has endured more than most of us even worry about encountering. All for contending for what he wanted to see happen. You see, he was willing to fight for it, even when it cost him something. But I love what he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians. He says this in 1130. He says, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. You see, Paul was clear in his mind that despite the pain he had suffered, that God was with him and gave him the needed strength to move on. And I love that he goes on in Philippians 4.13 to say that I can do all things through, through him who strengthens me. That he realizes that he only needs God in the midst of this. And what Paul is speaking to is the life of faith. And what he's speaking to is that, that, that knowing God means that God can, God will, and God does. And it's in this moment that we realize that a continued fight is a life of faith. It's standing when everyone else is sitting. It's praying specifically, and it's getting to work. And in a biblical faith is this. It's in Hebrews 11.1. 1, it says, now faith is the confidence of what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. It's confidence in knowing that God has spoken it. And even though we don't see it yet, that it's coming. That even though we don't see it yet, we'll put in the work. That even though we don't see it yet, we'll continue to pray as if it's already happened. And when we walk in faith, we walk into a battle with an armor that protects us. It, it, it prepares us and it guides us. And I love that Paul writes in Ephesians. He writes about the armor of God. And, and I'm going to go through this. And so it's a little bit long. And so bear with me. It's found in Ephesians 6. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, 
with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit of all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mysteries of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains and pray that I declare it fearlessly as I should. I love that we all have dreams, and I love that this whole thing is basically saying, man, we need to pray, and we need to get real specific with our request. It's saying that we need to do the things that we got to do to get ready. It says we need to fight regardless, and this allows us to fight. This allows us to finish the race. It allows us to win the battle and to live for God, but it doesn't end there. The cool thing about this all is that there's a promise connected to your life when you do this. And when you do this, the promise is this. The promise is that we are blessed. And I love, I love that, that, that that's the reality. In James 1.12, it says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And how blessed is the man or woman who remains firm in their faith, who remains steadfast even under trial. And I know what you're thinking. The reality is that fear is a real thing, that we will be scared, that we'll, we'll be unsure. But what God says is he says, you shall not fear them, for it's the Lord your God who fights for you. And the things that we fear the most, like financial difficulties or, or, or different trials or relationship problems, are best handled when we give them to God. And so we got to commit to prayer and we got to commit to, to what God has for us because He alone can, can even direct even the pagan's heart. And so we, we can't be like those people. In Hebrews 10 39, it says, But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. You see, we got to fight and never give up. There's too much at risk for us if we give up. Imagine if I say, hey, it's far too gone. Imagine if I say there's not enough faith for high school campuses to meet Jesus. Imagine if I said, oh, there's no way that we could ever reach 1.7 million people. Imagine if I just sat there passively and hoped for the best and did nothing in the midst of it. No, we got to keep fighting Central Christian Church. We got to believe that God has spoken things and we got to sit there and rest in his promise that we are blessed. And I, and I have to believe that God wants it more than I do. I have to believe that God wants those 1.7 million people to know him far greater than I do. I have to believe that God wants high school campuses more than I do. I have to believe that he wants to heal your daughter more than you want it. He wants to, to, to see broken families restored more than you want to. I have to believe that. You see, as we head into a new year, I want to encourage you to do something. I want you to begin to think of the things that you need God in. 
And I want you to start to think of the ways that maybe you've been like, oh, a little passive or a little unsure or a little uncertain that God could do it. And I want to encourage you to contend for those dreams. And contending means these three things. It means fighting for something and engaging in the struggle in order to secure something. It means that we got to pray specifically. It means that we got, we got to get there. We, we got to say, God, I, I want to see this happen. What's hindering it? Is it my lack of faith? Is it my lack of belief in you? And we got to get real specific with him in that moment. We, we, got, we got to do what we can to see it happen. We got to put in the work. We got to invest in what we need. We got to invest in this church. We got to invest in ourselves. We got to invest in our city. We got to invest in our families. We got to invest in people. We got to invest in the things that will bring truth, that will bring joy, that will bring hope to a city. We got to do what we can to see it happen. And the last thing is we got to fight without giving up. We got to put in the work. We got to believe for it when it seems crazy. We got to keep going. We got to keep trying. We got to keep moving forward. We got to keep reaching out and we got to keep putting in the work. And I have to believe that God wants it. And so I want to do two things as we bring this to a close. I want to pray that one, God will rid unbelief out of our life. That any unbelief that we had in 2021, it doesn't have to carry with us into 2022. That any ways that we've said, God, I don't think you're going to do it, or God, I don't think you can do it, that we replace that and we say, God, you can and God, you will. And that even if you don't, it wasn't because we didn't try. It wasn't because we didn't believe. It wasn't because we gave up. And it wasn't because we didn't pray. And the second thing is that I want to pray for faith to increase in your heart, for faith to dream wildly, to believe for what God has and to keep going forward. And so I want you in this moment to just think of the thing that you need God to come through in, for that thing that you've been hoping for all year. And as I, we pray for it, I, I want you to continue to, to, to rid all unbelief and say, God, I know that you want to do this in my life. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your grace. God, I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for the gift of faith. I thank you for, for how you continue to move in our hearts. And Lord, we just want to be honest. In some ways, 2021 has been a hard one. In some ways, we don't fully know what 22 has for us. But God, we believe for the greatest, for your dreams to come. And so God, we repent for any way that we've experienced unbelief. We repent for any ways that we've said that, oh, maybe God doesn't want this for me. We repent for anything that we've, um, any way that we've sat back passively, any way that we've said, oh, it can't be done. And God, we, we replace that with the truth that you do desire breakthrough, that you do desire freedom, that you do desire families to be restored, people to be healed and, and people to encounter your love. And so, God, we sign up for a life of faith. God, as we go into the year of 2022, we just ask, God, that we would continue to contend for those dreams. That even if we don't see them tomorrow, that even if we don't see them next week, even if we don't see them this year, God, that we are going to be people who pray. We're going to be people who, who engage in action and do what we can to see it happen. 
And God, we're going to be people who fight the good fight and finish the race well. And so, God, we just ask that you would come and touch our hearts, that you would bring joy to us in the midst of the process, that we would long to do what you have for us. And God, we just ask that you would be the thing that we long for, the one that we, we want to be with and the one that we believe in. And when any, any temptation comes to say that, oh, maybe it can't be done, God, we kick it out of our lives. And we say that God, he's too good. He's come through too many times. He's done too many good things and that he won't stop now. And so God, we just pray for grace. We pray for faith and we pray for mercy. And Lord, we just thank you that you love us. And so God, we love you, we need you, and we can't live without you. Well, I hope you guys have a happy new year and a great rest of the week.